You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, sponsored by BetUS, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. We got a two-game winning streak. What? Woo! We on fire, baby. Here we go. The mighty, mighty dolphins. The turnaround. You love to see it. And let me tell you what. You love to see the 2021 Miami Dolphins defense playing like the 2020 Miami Dolphins defense, because that is exactly what happened on Thursday night on national TV. I don't know. The rumor on the street, word on the street, is that Brian Flores told Josh Boyer to get off of the defensive play calling. I'm taking control of this ship. He said, look at me. I am the captain now. And Brian Flores brought the heat. And just like the New England Patriots did to Sam Darnold, where he was famously, quote unquote, seeing ghosts out there, the Miami Dolphins had Lamar Jackson seeing ghosts. And the Dolphins beat the Ravens 22 to 10 in what was, I, I think, a surprise for everybody. I don't think anybody saw that coming. I think maybe a lot of people hoped that the Dolphins might get a win somehow against the Ravens, but I don't know that anybody expected to see this kind of gutsy performance from the Dolphins defense that, let's be honest and call it what it is, completely dominated the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday night. They did. And, you know, that brings me to, we're going to get this right, right, right out early in the show. My hashtag one Hataki. So it's bear lit. with me. Bear with me for just a second here. He's putting on his dolphins hat for those, for those of you who are not watching the YouTube. Hi, YouTube. He's putting on the dolphins jacket. He's got the Dolphins hat on. He's putting on the Dolphins jacket. He is standing up in his chair. Putting I can't on can't find the, the sleeve. He can't find the sleeve. This is incredible ineptitude from Aaron the Brain live on oh. YouTube on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. He is sitting down. He's got the Dolphins jacket, the Dolphins hat. Let's go, Brain. I'm fired up. Look, we did the unthinkable. We pulled off the upset. We beat the Ravens. I wasn't rooting for it. I thought we needed to lose. I thought we needed to lose games. Clean house. Fire Brian Flores. I'm not saying that that's not what we still need to do, but I'm resigned to the fact that after that performance and with the upcoming schedule, 
It's not going to happen. And as it's been said ad nauseum, we don't have our first round pick. We've got San Francisco's first round pick. So you know what? Screw it. Let's enjoy the fucking ride. Go Dolphins! He's fired up. Let's go. Aaron the Brain is back on board with your Miami Dolphins. Let's go. Just we're we're there, baby. We're gonna win the next four. We're gonna be seven and seven. We're gonna be right on the doorstep. And we'll see what happens. We know we know what's gonna happen, but we'll see what's gonna happen. We're gonna get excited. We're gonna enjoy the ride. And we wouldn't be enjoying the ride if it wasn't for X and the boys and uh, you know, a couple of blown coverages and a missed field goal and just complete ineptitude by the Baltimore Ravens. But that's okay! Because for the first time, seemingly all season, certainly since week one, things came up aqua and orange on Thursday night. And so, look, I'm with you guys. Let's fight. Let's do it. Let's, let's see how far we can, we can take this thing. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to ask you, I'm going to pose this question because, you know, it's, uh, it's out there. I've seen it buzzing there are some people saying that the dolphins can win the next four games and go into that game against the saints seven and seven and if you win that game you're eight and seven coming into the final couple games of the season dare i say is there playoff hope alive for this miami dolphins team aaron it's not dead I mean, they're they're on life support. I you mean, sound like an eighty-year-old man who just took Viagra for the first time. What happy? It's not dead. It's not dead. That's right. It's not dead. It's it's alive. It's it's just barely ticking. Um, I look. We're not going to make the playoffs. Realistically, we're not going to make the playoffs. I don't think. I I think you'd probably have to win out at this point to make the playoffs. And I don't see that. I don't know how with anything that you've seen this year that you would think that the Dolphins are going to win out. That said, I don't know how you would think with everything that we've seen this year that the Dolphins were going to beat the Ravens by 12 points on Thursday night. So they're not dead. They're on life support. They're going to make this thing interesting. They're going to get people excited because that's, that's the gimmick. That's what we do. It's what they do. Um, but hey, at the end of the day, I ain't, I'm not terribly mad about it because, it, you know, at least it can make the season somewhat interesting because, I mean, what's the fun in having, you know, two months of football left and knowing that you have zero chance of making the playoffs? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, no, I, and no number one pick. Right. And quite frankly, I think taking a look at the situation, it would be really great to see that this defense was able to bounce back and was not actually, you know, it, it's not actually like the sky is falling like it felt for the last, you know, eight, nine weeks, you know, where it felt really bad after that first game of the season, where it felt like this defense had taken such huge steps backwards that maybe the talent just wasn't there the way that we thought it was. You really kind of want to see this team show that they are 
closer than, you know, the miles and miles away that we thought they were, right? And, you know, football, and we talked about it on this show all the time, how football is a, a game of small sample sizes and overreacting to them. Uh, overreacting to the game against Houston and this game against Baltimore, obviously you're flying high and you're like, this Dolphins team is is right back in the thick of it. But if they can keep this up, for the next several weeks, and you know, just looking at the schedule, it certainly looks like that is a possibility that they could. But if they can do that, then you know, and the defense shows you that this defense is still a very strong unit and can be one of the top units in the league, then it's really just a matter of, well, let's get that offense clicking, which you know, I, I don't know that there's any way, shape, or form that this offense is going to come together in the way that makes people go, yeah, these, this, all the pieces are here. I just don't see that happening between now and the end of the season. But if you can at least see that on the defensive side of the ball, that's certainly something to look forward to. And maybe this team isn't quite as far away as it looked for certain stretches of the season. But let's get into this game here against the Ravens. Dolphins win it 22-10. to And, you know, they get the dominant performance from the defense, which is huge. Xavier Howard forces a fumble and picks it up and returns it for a touchdown. That was fantastic. You got great special teams play. Jason Sanders was back. Michael Pilardi, even after a couple of, you know, signature dud punts from him, he actually got in there pinning the Ravens back deep on a couple of, on a couple of punts. So it was nice to see that from the special teams perspective. And then, you know, you still have the kind of wet fart that is the Miami Dolphins offense. And it was led by Jacoby Brissett for the first half of the game and into the third quarter because Tua was still apparently dealing with this finger injury. And and Flores thought that, you know, that Brissett was going to give him the best chance to win. And again, you just saw this dreadful offense, dreadful, boring, horrible offense with Jacoby Brissett at the helm in the first half of this game. And you're just thinking, okay, well, whatever. It is what it is. It's not It's not great. I don't like it, but this is what we've got. And then Jacoby Brissett goes down in the third quarter with what looks like a pretty bad knee injury. He's, he's in pain. He's grabbing his knee. He's writhing in pain. And suddenly it's narrative time, right? Because here comes Tua off the bench. And, you, you know, by all accounts, Tua was throwing the ball around pregame and everybody's like, he looks good. Why isn't he in there? Why isn't he starting? Right. And he comes in off the bench. And so now here's the opportunity for Tua to lead the team to a comeback victory. Now we got to play it straight. The Dolphins were winning when he came into the game, albeit six to three. But things weren't looking particularly good for the Dolphins offense until Tua comes in off the bench. And his first drive is hideous. He's throwing the ball poorly. He's off target. It's it's very, very bad. And it seems like, you know, maybe that finger was really bothering him. But from there, he seemed to adjust in the moment to playing at game speed and throwing the football with that bad finger. And he seemed to adjust. And from there, things got better. And he started to make good plays. And the team responded to him. And they really turned it around and it turned into, a, you know, not a great performance, but the team responded and he performed well enough to the point that I think there is no question that if the choices between Jacoby Brissett and Tua Tungavailoa in 2021, the Dolphins are in much better shape 
with Tua at the wheel than Jacoby Brissett. And, you know, that's not some grand statement or anything like that, right? It's not like some huge thing. But at this point in time, particularly for this coaching staff that was trying to say that the opposite was true, now there's no way to say that. And at this point, two is the guy for the rest of the season for these last seven games, unless, of course, something happens to him and he were to get hurt again, which is certainly a possibility. But right now he's the guy and he's going to get this seven game quote unquote audition for the remainder of the season, whether it's truly an audition, whether his role in this team is actually yet to be determined long term or not. That's what the situation is going to be for the rest of the season. Um. Brain, I need to know what you were thinking when Tua came off the bench and performed the way he did and, uh, you know, sort of controlled the game, managed it pretty well uh, for the second half of this football game. Yeah, I mean, he he didn't look great, to be perfectly honest. And I was really surprised, especially when he, he came back out there, he hit his hand on another helmet uh, and Jacoby Brissett's on the sideline, bouncing up and down, jogging around, trying to make his case to get back into the game. And Brian Flores didn't put him back in, which was just kind of surprising to me uh, because, you know, this whole argument that Tua wasn't 100% healthy and so therefore Jacoby Brissett gave you the better chance of of winning. And then, you know, even, even though he had to to sit Jacoby down, even though Jacoby wanted to come back into the game because he was jogging on the sideline. Even before Tua got back in there, Jacoby was making the case that he could stay in the game. And Brian Flores had to say, no, we're putting in Tua. And then Tua looked poor the first couple of times he had the ball. And I I thought for sure, like, he's going to go back to Jacoby Brissett. Um, But the fact that he stuck with Tua... Honestly, like I was happy about it because I want to see Tua in there. I think Tua not only is the better quarterback, but obviously like you're, you're a two and seven team. What the hell do we need to see Jacoby Brissett out there for? Like we really don't need to see, like use as much of this time as possible to evaluate Tua Tungavailoa, even if he's not a hundred percent gauge if this guy can play with, you know, when he's not a hundred percent, because he's not always going to be a hundred percent. And if his career arc has told you anything, the majority of the time, he's not going to be a hundred percent. So let's find out what this guy can do playing through pain. So I was happy that they stuck with him. I was surprised. And I was also bewildered because if that was the case, then why wasn't he starting to begin with? He should have been starting the whole, the whole damn time. Now that said, look, we won. You can't take that away from Miami. Tua, numbers-wise, had a, ended up having a very solid night. But let's not, like, overlook the obvious here. The best two offensive plays that the Dolphins had in this game came on absolutely horrific blown coverages. Like, wide open receivers. Now, that said, Tua also threw a really nice 35-yard pass to Jalen Waddle on an out route uh, in front of some defenders. I thought that was a really nice throw, especially considering it was like right after he had kind of re-hurt the hand and like kind of winced a little bit. So I was impressed by that. But in reality, neither quarterback really played well. And in general, 
in this football. I know I'm, I'm kind of getting away. You want me to just talk about Tua or whatever, but I think I covered that. In general, this was just one of those games where you knew against the Ravens for the Dolphins to have any chance, the Ravens were going to need to play a terrible game and the Dolphins were going to need to get their fair share of luck. Not only did they get two blown coverages, get a defensive touchdown. They also got the NFL's most accurate kicker in, in history missing a field goal. I mean, everything, everything went Miami's way. I mean, that's 20 points right there. You got how many times, how many times, Bryn, have we said on this show that when you've got one team that is much better than the other, that in order for the bad, that not necessarily bad team, but in order for the worst team to win, they need to play an almost perfect game and hope that the other team has a very bad day. That's what happened. That's what happened. That's what happened. But look, you got you got to be able to take advantage of it, and the Dolphins took, the Dolphins took advantage of it, and and it really starts and ends with the defense. Uh, look, you, you, I love Tua's fight. I loved his uh, resilience in that game. I love him being able to to move the pocket and or you know to to be able to run on those those goal line plays, and you know we don't need to see Jacoby Brissett on these short yards. Like Tua can do the QB sneak. Hey, if Tom Brady's like the best quarterback ever at running the, the QB sneak at the goal line, then Tua can do the QB sneak at the goal line. You don't need to have Jacoby Brissett in there, which honestly just makes it more predictable that that's what you're going to do. It, I also, I actually thought somebody made a really good point during this game, which was if Tua's biggest struggle with the finger was throwing the ball downfield, but he was good within 15 to 20 yards, then we could have just had Jacoby Brissett play, you know, take us inside the 20 and then Tua come in in the red zone because Jacoby looked awful in the red zone. I mean, just dreadfully bad in the red zone. That said, Tua almost threw a pick in the end zone as well. I mean, it would have been a great play by the defender, but it, it was almost picked off. And that's, that's an, a disturbing trend that But your continues. boy Tua also had a 30-something yard pass downfield to uh, to his boy Jalen Waddle, And that was the pass that people were saying that he can't make. And granted, he wasn't leading him down the sideline on a long bomb or something like that. But that was a beautiful touch pass that I think is a more difficult pass that people are willing to give him credit for into tough coverage there to find Jalen Waddle and avoid the defenders. I thought a really nice pass, really nice play from Tua in that moment. Listen, we've said it before. He wasn't outstanding, but he was better than Jacoby. And for at least for this season, that's all we need to know. Is it? For this season, for right now. <laughs> I mean, by the end of the season, we would like to know a little bit more. But right now in this moment, when Brian Flores is trying to start Jacoby Brissett over Tua Tunga Vailoa, let's get Tua in there. Let Tua beat the, the Jets. You know what I mean? And well, and, I mean, I I hear you, but it's supposed to be a given that he, that he's better than Jacoby that's Brissett. True. That's fair. It like, should be. I mean, it we should, should we really shouldn't be saying, well, he's better than Jacoby Brissett, and that's all that matters. <laughs> well, it, that's it, not good. That's not no. good. 
obviously we want him to be shutting it down and you would love Tua to be lighting teams up. But I think to a certain degree, there's only so much he's going to do within this system. This system is a disaster. And if the system wasn't a disaster, it would look markedly better with Jacoby Brissett in there. Theoretically, it would look different. It doesn't. It looks exactly the same. The system itself, the play calling is exactly the same, whether two is the quarterback or Jacoby Brissett is the quarterback. So that's the kind of thing that tells you the plan. The game plan is what the game plan is. The offense stinks and it doesn't matter who the person throwing the ball is. The offense itself is terrible. And that's just, that's an indictment of the coaching. And we've said that over and over this season as well, but I don't want to only talk. I don't want to only talk about Tua and this defense because there's something else we got to mention. And it was the story that sort of caught fire nationwide other than the fact that the Dolphins won this game. It's Bob Hunt. Robert Hunt illegally catching a pass and making some moves and diving for the touchdown, the fake touchdown. But to see the big man run down like that and make the play impressive, even if it didn't count, even if it was against the rules, it was fun. And at the end of the day, watching football is supposed to be fun, right? This is supposed to be a fun activity. So it didn't count. But man, I enjoyed watching Big Bob Hunt score a fake fat guy TD. It was cool. And it, and, and honestly, you know, he looks good in that, like, he could be in, like, that tackle eligible role. Uh, he could be the fullback instead of Wilkins. I mean, he's, he's athletic enough. And, you know, here we are. We got five tight ends on, on the roster. And, uh, you know, Bob Hunt looks better than, uh, you know, Bob Hunt's catching more passes than Hunter Long. Well, yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, almost everybody is catching more passes than Hunter Long. Hey, listen, I, I love Bob Hunt out there. I want to get, I want to get, let's, why not have the combination? Why not have Christian Wilkins at fullback and put Bob Hunt in there at halfback and let, let Wilkins be the lead and Bob Hunt come up from behind and just crush it. What do you think? Think I can make a case for that? Give, I don't me, think anybody would want to tackle them. Give me George <laughs> Godsey on the phone. Give me Eric Studisville. Hey, listen, dipshits. But we since get we're talking here. running backs, here's a, here's a question. Oh. Uh, Alexander Thompson. He asks, thoughts on Matt Breida and Jordan Howard crushing on other teams? Here's, here's my thought. I, well, first of all, first of all, I think crushing is being used, uh, is, uh, being used a little liberally there. Okay. But Jordan Howard is rushing for more than one yard. For Philadelphia, but I think you've got Philadelphia, which is a team that is committed to being a great running team. That's that when you look at the Eagles and watch how they play the game, this is a team that is committed to moving the ball on the ground. And when you're doing it that, and that is that big of a part of your game plan, it shouldn't be surprising that, you know, even a washed up running back like Jordan Howard can still look pretty good. Uh, Matt Breida happened to have a good day on Sunday for Buffalo in the, uh, you know, Buffalo really mixed it up and had a pretty good day against a very, you know, frankly, a, a, a tough Jets defensive front. 
And, uh, you know, they took advantage of it. And Buffalo seemed really committed to developing this run game. It seems like that is part of their plan to help unlock Josh Allen, who has struggled at times passing the ball. So again, another team that was that has been committed to running the football. The Dolphins have not been committed to running the football, except for on first down when they want to only gain two yards. That's yeah, when well, they're committed to running the ball. But for the most part, I think these are these are players on teams that have just proven that they've they care about running the ball. Frankly, the Dolphins don't seem to care much about it. And this is the second year where we've had an offensive line that really hasn't done very much in terms of run blocking. And that is going to be something that any running back is going to struggle against. I'm convinced you have some people that are convinced that if the Dolphins had drafted Najee Harris instead of Jalen Phillips, that Najee Harris would be out here rushing for 100 yards every game. I got news for you. I don't think that's true. Well, he's not I doing this, it with Pittsburgh. Why would he no, do he's it not with doing Miami? It with Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh also doesn't have a good offensive line. So there you have and it. That's, and, Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh is committed to running the ball. Well, and so, that's the point. I, I don't think it has to do, I mean, sure, maybe to a certain extent, it has to do with your commitment to running the football, maybe. But I don't think that the Dolphins don't care about running the football. If we didn't care about running the football, why the hell would we be running on first down as much as we do so ineffectively? So I don't think it's that Miami you know, doesn't care about running the football. I just think they suck at it. And I don't think it's the running backs. I think it's the offensive line. And I think that's the point here. It's not just the offensive line. It's the offensive line. It's the quarterback. It's the wide receivers. If you're, if you're not throwing, it's the play calling. If you're not throwing the ball down the field, if you're not keeping, if you're not able to spread out the, the opposing defense or, or attack lighter boxes, it's going to be difficult to run the ball, particularly when your offensive line can't beat anybody one on one. And so, uh, it, it doesn't matter it, that it's Miles. Ga I mean, Miles Gaskin, what he's doing with this offensive line, frankly, is impressive because you, you, when you, the takeaway as far as Jordan Howard doing what he's doing, Matt Breida doing what he's doing, those are better teams than the Miami Dolphins, at least better offensive lines. And that's what it comes down to. And that's always what it's come down to when it comes to the running back position, which is why, even though, yes, would I love for the Dolphins to have a franchise running back? Yes. But we could have Najee Harris back there, and, and everybody was in agreement that Najee Harris was the top running back to come out of this draft, and everybody would have been excited. And I got news for you. He'd be doing the same thing that Miles Gaskin is doing, if not worse, because at the end of the day, you can't, there's not much you can do when you're getting hit right at the goal line or right at the, right at the line of scrimmage. And that's the issue. The, the offensive line gets no push. There's no spacing because the defenses don't respect the passing game. And there's just, there's nothing there. Your, your quarterback's not stretching the field. Your play callers aren't stretching the field. You, you've got Jalen Waddle might be the fastest guy in the entire NFL and he's running five yard routes. You, you went out and you, you spent big money on a one year deal for Will Fuller, who's going to miss two months with a broken finger. Uh, it's just nobody respects. The, this Dolphins offense. And if you don't respect this Dolphins offense, then you could sit up there with eight guys in the box and you could say, okay, they, they hit a big passing play for 15 yards. Whoop-de-doo. 
Yeah, there's nothing to be afraid of on this Dolphins offense right now. It just doesn't have teeth. And teams are willing to let the Dolphins dink and dunk and dink and dunk and dink and dunk their way down the field and hope that eventually they'll either A, screw it up, or B, that the, the, that the defense is going to get through and get to the quarterback, which is something that they're having success with against this Dolphins offensive line. So that is certainly the thing that, listen, everybody's fired up. And you were all fired up at the beginning of the show, Brain, about, okay, here come the Dolphins. Here comes the big run. Listen, there are no gimmies in the NFL. And, uh, you know, you got big games coming up against the Jets, who the Jets, before they got beat by the Bills this weekend, have looked okay, you know, a couple of times here and there. They've looked all right. And, you know, the Dolphins, that's not going to be a gimme, especially because the Bills have, I mean, the Jets rather have a, have a very strong defensive front that is going to give the Dolphins offensive line a lot of problems in pass protection. I mean, you you could have a bad defensive front and it would give the Dolphins problems in pass protection. But when you have a very good defensive front, it's even worse. So, I, listen, we, we know that that offensive line remains the biggest problem on this team. Right now, that is the biggest thing, the single biggest thing that needs to be addressed in the 2021 offseason is that the Dolphins need to fix this offensive line. And at this point in time, they're not going to draft their way out of this. They got to sign some talent. They got to sign some free agents, bring some veterans in to build up this offensive line. It's the only way that it's going to get any better. But hey, one of those offensive linemen, Bob Hunt, and he has proven that he is a renaissance man. This is a jack-of-all-trades. And put this guy, line him up in the slot, baby. Let's go. Can we talk about how the the Jets have given up 49 points a game over the last four games, and our offensive line is so bad that we're like, hey, the Jets are going to give us a – they're going to be a tough matchup. That's that's where we're at. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that's that's the sad truth of where we're at with this Dolphins offense in general. Um, But, you know, I wanted to touch on one other thing here. Uh, because look, it's easy to be positive after that win with the upcoming schedule. It's Jets week. Obviously, fuck the Jets. Like, we're going to be happy. We're going to be excited for that game. Um, and, and Brian Flores to a certain point should be commended for taking the reins of the defensive play calling, calling a whale of a game. But, tremendous, tremendous game. Yeah, tremendous. Okay. But let's, let's not overlook something quite obvious in that, in that in doing so, he has basically told you and shown that the defensive coordinator isn't good at his job. Fair. Meanwhile, we've, it's been well documented how bad the offensive coordinator has been. Offensive coordinators. There you go. Have been. So, the biggest knock right now on Brian Flores, this guy can't put a staff together. Yes. He's completely botched offensive coordinator, offensive line coach, and now your defensive coordinator, he stepped in to play the call, to call the plays on the defensive side of the ball, and that completely neuters what the defensive coordinator is doing. So like, what, what is Brian Flores right now? To me, Brian Flores is a really great defensive coordinator. But 
he doesn't look like a very good head coach. Yes, and I would also, agree. Also, he had a challenge in this game that he won, that he had no business winning. I don't understand. I Part of me wanted to think that the fix was in on that game when that happened. <laughs> it was. It did appear on its face like, oh, this was a terrible, another terrible Brian Flores challenge. And he accidentally, uh, he accidentally won the challenge. So what are you going to, I mean, hey, good for him, I guess. Even a broken clock is right twice a day, I guess. So... There it is. So I listen. We're gonna reserve. I listen. I, I was gonna say we're gonna reserve judgment. We've made a judgment already, and we've pretty much pounded our chests and pounded the table with our judgment of Brian Flores. But let's see what happens. Again, we've got seven games left. It's we've said that it's seven game quote unquote audition for Tuatungo Bailoa. It's a seven game audition for these offensive linemen because as it stands right now. I don't know if any of these offensive linemen are starters next year for the Miami Dolphins. I don't know if there's I don't I don't know if how many of these guys on the offensive line are members of the Miami Dolphins next year. And you know, I think it's the same way across the board. There's a lot of these guys that for the remaining 7 games of this season are going to have to find ways to make plays and stand up and make themselves known uh so that they can be part of this team if they plan to be part of this Miami Dolphins team going forward. And that's what these final seven games are about. Now, the Dolphins win the next four and they find themselves somehow at seven and seven, then you can have a conversation about, okay, well, look at what this team has done. But I mean, I also think, you know, wins are good, wins are great. And you you would certainly love to have this team be in the playoff conversation. I don't know that I'm ready to drink the Kool-Aid and say that I expect that. And I'm, you know, Not I'm a, sure. I'm a notorious Miami Dolphins Kool-Aid drinker. I am not ready to sit here and go, yes, the Dolphins are definitely going to win these games and find themselves in the playoff hunt. And I believe that they can make the playoffs. I, I'm not here to, I'm not here to blow smoke up your butt and tell you that I think that's going to happen. Could it happen? Sure, it could happen. But do I honestly expect it to happen? No. Will I be cheering for it to happen? Sure. Of course, I'm always cheering for the Dolphins to win. But do I think it's going to? Probably not. And I think where I'm at is let's evaluate the guys that we have over the course of the rest of the season and let's see who can be a piece of this team going forward and who is not going to be. And I think that's kind of the mode that I'm in. That being said, let's beat the shit out of the Jets. I mean, would anybody disagree? I don't even think Jets fans would disagree with that at this point. No, I don't care the if the Jets Mike have White. their first round pick, so they'd probably be happy with it. I don't care if it's Zach Wilson or Mike uh, Mike White or Joe Flacco or Josh Johnson or Jack Johnson or Joe Namath. I don't care who it is at quarterback for the Jets. I always want the Dolphins to beat the stinking Jets. They are struggling. They're very bad. They're very bad. And, you know. Listen, I, I, as a Dolphin fan, I'm not one to cast stones at other teams and fans of other teams and saying like, oh, God, look at your life. Isn't your life awful? But you look at the Jets and you go, at least we're not that, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me because, uh, 
you know, in my lifetime, I've seen the Dolphins make it to one AFC championship game. True, true. And, I, and I've seen the Jets make it to three. And as bad as the Jets are, uh, you know, that it, we're not much better. And I've actually, their, their ceiling has been higher in my lifetime than, than the Dolphins have. So I, I, I have a hard, t- the, the, what's great about the Dolphins Jets rivalry is that there's somehow all of this hatred and vitriol between the teams and the fan bases and both teams, both franchises have been f- horrible. Yes. <laughs> for the past 20 years. Absolute, absolute dog crap. It's true. Um, Hey, but at least, you know, at least from a Jets fan's perspective, at least they don't have half of their fan base loudly proclaiming that their highly drafted quarterback is a bust at this point. At this they point. They don't? I don't think so. Not at this point. I, most of them are all aboard the Mike White train. Well, you know, you catch lightning in a bottle. Well, if Mike White is, if, if, if they're already proclaiming Mike White as their savior, then what does that tell you about their thoughts on Zach Wilson? Oh, he's hurt. Then again, you know, remember, this is a fan base that was declaring that Reed Sinet was going to be the future after a preseason game in Cincinnati. Excuse me, Sinet Cincinnati. Hey, you never know. Sinet could find his way back in Miami next year. Tua could get shipped off. We could bring in another quarterback. That quarterback gets hurt. And, uh, you know, Reed Sinet continues his legacy. Can't wait. Can't wait for the Dolphins to, to make a trade for Deshaun Watson in the offseason. He blows out both knees week one of the season. And in comes the shambling corpse of Ryan Fitzpatrick to lead the Dolphins to glory. What do you think? You with me on this? I'm with you. Just, all he's got to do is throw it up to Mac Hollins. That's it. Just throw it. Listen. Mac, you know, Mac Holland's going to be a dolphin for life. He's one of those guys, you know, he's just going to be around, going to be on the fringes of the season. Like Patrick Laird. Like, what what is this guy doing? He's still a dolphin. Well, that would be a dolphin's thing to do, to fall in love with Mac Hollins and end up paying him, even though he's like a glorified special teamers and that, that happens to be getting some run at receiver because we're so bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, that would be the Dolphins thing to do to pay a guy like Mac Hollins just to be an energy guy. That's what we'll do. That is, this is what is going to happen. The Dolphins will trade for Deshaun Watson. He'll get hurt. They'll, they'll sign a couple of big free agent wide receivers. They'll end up with like a Allen Robinson and somebody else next season. And then on top of all of that, they will franchise tag Mike Kosicki, not resign him. They'll just franchise tag him. And then. You know, he's not going to be happy like that. So then he has a down year. Anyway, this is how it goes with the Dolphins. But let's enough of this. Enough going down the rabbit hole of being depressed, cynical Miami Dolphins fans. We got a two-game winning streak here. Two in a row, baby! Dose! Two big wins over the Houston Texans and Baltimore Ravens. We shocked the world. And now we got Jets Week coming up. And you know what? I'm fired up. I'm fired up for Jets Week because I'm always fired up for Jets Week. Right? Aren't you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's exciting. Oh, you sound so fired up. Let me tell oh, you. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, nothing gets me more juice than a matchup of a three and seven team versus a two and seven team. But it has a little bit more juice when it's the Jets. You know, I I don't like to see the even if I was rooting for the Dolphins to lose games to get fired, it's difficult to root for them to lose when they're playing the Jets. Absolutely, hundred percent correct. Remember with the tank for two a season. 
we beat the Jets and you couldn't be mad about it. Right. And even that year, I, I said, eh, you know, I, I want us to go two and 14, just beat the Jets twice. That's right. We that, did. That would have been the perfect season. But then we won three other games as well. So yeah. And it cost us Joe Burrow. And it cost us Joe Burrow. That's right. Anyway, there it is. That's it. Yeah, there you have it. The Miami Dolphins, 22 to 10 victors over Baltimore Ravens. Anything else from this game you want to mention before we wrap it up here? You know what? I'm realizing we did not mention that Robert Hunt clearly uses Manscaped. So you should all use Manscaped as well. Go to manscaped.com. Use the promo code Dolphins Talk. Save 20% off your order. Get free shipping. And you could be big and smooth and bold like Robert Hunt. You could also go to BetUS and use the promo code Dolphins Talk. Get a 125% sign-up bonus. You can get a sports betting partner, right? You need get your customer service pros that are ready for your phone, social, and online sports betting. Get it kicked off now. Play with the proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid. BetUS.com. Manscaped.com. Promo code Dolphins Talk. Save 25, 20%. Get free shipping. Anything else? Anything else about the Ravens game you want to share with the people? No, I just think, uh, look, at the end of the day, you needed to get lucky somewhere to win that game. And if that turns the season around, then, I mean, so be it. Like, just don't waste it. Don't, don't beat the Ravens and then do something stupid like lose to the Jets. Yeah. Don't, don't ever lose to the Jets, first of all. Never lose to the Jets. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Uh, man, that was it's be meaningless bad. if you go out and you lose to the, if you go out and you lose to the Jets, then I'm back on the like, all right, they just need to lose every game this season so that we can just get rid of this coaching staff. The reason that I'm not on that page now is because I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I think, well, all right, maybe it's possible, but I don't think it's going to happen at this point. At this point, they've shown who they are. They've shown that they have fight. They've shown that the defense does have the potential to play like it did last year. Their young safeties are coming along. X is playing better. Uh, Jalen Phillips is starting to make an impact on the, on the game. Uh, so there's, it's exciting to see what this defense can do to see if this defense can continue to build on the performances that they've had the last two weeks. And it's, it's all there for them with the upcoming schedule that they have left. There's no reason to believe that they can't. And so just don't do something stupid. Just don't lose. Like let, let's take care of business. Let's let the excitement slowly build. Let's let ourselves slowly slowly start to consider maybe we need to buy in before we get our hearts broke. There it is. Because hashtag Sam on Dolphins. And that is going to wrap us up for this episode of the show. We will be back on Thursday to preview the game against the disgusting, awful, horrible, no good New York Jets. But until then, follow us on Twitter. I'm at Amplified to Rock. He is at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. Download, rate, and review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, everywhere that you get your podcast. Make sure to visit DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And uh, leave us a five-star rating and a positive review on all of those podcast platforms. 
We appreciate it very much. And of course, smash the subscribe button on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel if you have not done so already. Get us to 2,000, 2000 subscribers, would you? That would be really, really great. And we appreciate it. So that's it. For Aaron the Brain, this is Amplified to Rock. Take care of yourselves and each other. And we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Dolphins!